This podcast is brought to you by our patrons. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow. This is your beer, liquor, and other beverage news for the week of June 16th, 2018. Dad doesn't want your crappy gifts. He just wants your crappy beer. Printing tweets on beer foam. Beaver butt bourbon. Florida man making us all proud and ashamed at the same time. All this and more on Have a Drink News. Welcome to Have a Drink News, the show where we cover the week's popular news about what you drink. I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. I'm Christopher Walker. And I'm Casey Price. All right, jumping straight in this week, we're going to a story from upstate New York, coming from NewYorkUpstate.com. <laughs> Cleverly titled. Imagine that. Upstate New York man gets Father's Day gift of beer with help from a giant brewer. So, this story comes in and talks. Yes. Question. Is the brewer giant sized, or is it <laughs> is it that the company is a large brewery? That's a good question. I don't know how big the brewery is. I would is. prefer it if it was a giant that brewed beer. That would Andre the Giant needs a beer company. Mm. I mean, he's or dead. The, the guy is long moving dead. on. Yeah. <laughs> Joe Gray is a lucky guy. The Cherry Valley father of three loves beer, and everyone in town knows it, much thanks to this campaign. Uh, people around the country are finding out, too. This Father's Day, he's probably got as much beer as he can handle thanks to a special promotion from Bush, a beer made by brewing giant Anheuser-Busch. Really? Really? Gray was That's chosen... where it comes from. <laughs> Gray was chosen to be the focus of an ag campaign in which Bush posted banners and signs all over his hometown, encouraging his family and friends to buy him some Bush for Father's Day. This is all um, sort of looked at through a two-minute-long video that they're kind of making commercials out of. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just picturing everyone in town going, yeah, you know, what's his name? What's the guy's name? Oh, Gray? Gray. Uh, Joe Gray? Yeah, it's like, you know, Gray's an alcoholic. I yeah. bet he likes <laughs> yeah, they start showcasing it, his drinking problem. <laughs> that's right. They start uh, interviewing uh, people around the town, and as you watch the video, they're like, oh, yeah, he really likes beer. <laughs> and uh, if you're going to give him a beer, he likes a bush. I mean, they're, they're really uh, very forward about the fact that, I, that he likes beer. I thought that sentence would be said by no one. If oh. he really <laughs> likes a beer, he likes bush. Yeah, I do. I, I've got a, uh, uh, one of our... Uh, clients i guess you could say um is a bush light fan like he loves craft beer but bush light is his daily drinker i know mm -hmm. i wouldn't have thought that you know i like i too need water when i take my medicine so. <laughs> stay hydrated <laughs> Uh, so in the video, it goes through and it interviews a bunch of the town folks, and and it shows where he basically did this this campaign, and they did photos of him, and then they do a reveal in the video, and his wife walks down the street and and bursts out laughing because down the street in every street corner there's there's a banner of his photo and basically saying, hey, your dad wants beer. And uh, literally the message reads, Joe's getting what he wants for Father's Day. Give your dad what he wants, a beer with you. I mean. My dad doesn't drink. Well, <laughs> and the fact that 
well, I won't go there. But the the fact that they added in the with you seems like a uh, a tagged in at the last moment. Yeah, we should probably add this part in there. So, so it seems like you know, He's yeah, not you're not drinking a lot. Yeah. Um, so each one of these little signs were basically tagged to his kids and saying, "Hey, um, your dad really wants beer," and it would name the kids and the wife by name in the campaign. What? I think it's a really cute campaign. It's kind of funny, even if it does come from the marketing company that is Anheuser Busch. But uh, I'm less okay with. I'm highly pictures. disturbed. They so the man is clearly an alcoholic. The whole town knows it. <laughs> then they name his family one by one. Single them mm-hmm. out yeah. to the entire town, basically going, "Why is this man not receiving treatment and help?" <laughs> <laughs> you there, little Sally. Your daddy is an alcoholic. Yeah, well, I mean, they're they're kind of grown kids at this point, and and it goes at the beginning. Look, just because they named her little Sally doesn't mean. <laughs> oh, okay. Little Sally could be just a, a short person. Did nothing to do with her height. Oh, just meant that they named the her little. Oh, middle name Sally. Oh. Gotcha. Whatever their last name is. Yeah, so Scott and Justin and Kim were all named in the ad, and then it's a kind of a small town at the same time. So it really everybody around town knew knew who he this guy was. He drives a lawnmower through downtown. Yeah. Because <laughs> this man apparently needs he's help. got a TUI and doesn't have a license anymore. <laughs> that is not fact. I don't know that. I was just making a joke. Don't sue me, please. Uh, Joe wants beer, not brunch. That's that was literally a table tent. That's a that's a better tag. Oh, yeah. Joe brunch. wants beer, yeah, not brunch. I, I could support that, but what? <laughs> oh, oh, and they get his priest in there. Well, what? Pastor, he could be oh, okay, that's that's true. Yeah. Anyways, they they have in front of a church there this this minister of sorts, um, and he has his collar on, and he basically says, um, you know, whenever I I've seen Joe. Um, I've run into him a m- bunch of times. A couple of those times, he's had a beer in his hand. Um, so did I, of course. <laughs> I just think it's a really funny kind of article and really funny kind of uh, campaign, even if it is making fun of this guy's blatant, drunkenness. Uh, blatant alcoholism. <laughs> oh. You know, oh. we're taking this the worst possible way. Uh, yeah, you know, th- they did this by by putting this message up around town. If they really wanted to get the point across, you know what they could have done? Printed in beer foam? They could have printed it in beer foam. <laughs> right. Uh, so, I was wondering, you know, I was wondering for a second there how that was going to work. So, uh, thanks for that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, so, I'm going to say this. Uh, it, it says it's a beer but everything in the article makes it sound like it's the brewery so uh norland's gold uh so lager style beer which i think is also a brewery named for sweden's sparsely populated northern region known for its humorous folksy attitude and its advertisements for the i thought we were talking i thought we were just going with a different pronunciation for new orleans (laughs) no no nice uh for the 2018 fifa world cup uh, begins, which begins uh, this week. The brand is promoting its living in the moment mentality with a way to keep you up to date on Twitter feed while allowing you to keep your phone in your pocket, enjoy your beer, and watch the match on TV. According to Adweek, Norland's Gould, I'm probably saying that wrong, um, has launched a series of machines throughout bars in Sweden that will print actual live tweets about the World Cup right onto the foam floating atop a draft beer. 
The idea is to aid drinkers in enjoying the World Cup with fellow fans and keeping their eyes on the sporting event, lest they miss seeing a pertinent penalty kick or game-changing goal. Sorry, now I'm just picturing people sitting tweets with like, you know, hashtag World Cup, F you. Yeah. So and that's you just look down and go, yeah, that's about what I expect. <laughs> it's got to be something, so it has to be a special hashtag. They've got to be like that vetting it to some it. degree. Well, I'm, so I'm I would hope. There's got to be something somewhere, like someone picking them, because otherwise you're just going to be getting random garbage, or people are going to fe- like crack the code and start sending like ASCII penises and things <laughs> like that to it. So people are just getting. <laughs> but that would eight be equal, awesome. Eight equals 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 D. <laughs> hashtag World Cup. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I like the um, the thought of like. Just enjoy the damn game and keep off your phone if you can. But, um, and it, you know, obviously it's a good marketing stunt. I mean, this is how the apocalypse will happen, right? (laughs) Because it's basically giving updates on how close the asteroid is to the U.S. or in your beer. Yeah, in your beer, because you always want to drink right before. I mean, if, if, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I was going to say, that's anything. what it makes me be think a, of. I should be prepared. Yeah. <laughs> Go, well, you need beer. that pint for the teleportation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Depletes you. Indeed. Yep. All I'll right. Even you out for when you pop in and throw up. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of things that might make you throw up. Mm. <laughs> right. There is a new limited edition bur- uh, bourbon from Tamworth Distilling in New Hampshire. This sounds like something that uh, Brewdog would do, quite honestly. Only mm. they would put it in a now, taxidermied they would, beaver. They would, the beaver that Brewdog would use would just be taxidermied around the, the bourbon bottle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. These people, uh, Tamworth Distilling, uh, has decided to flavor it with secretions from New Hampshire beavers. I'm glad that they're going local with the beaver powder. Oh, yeah, <laughs> no. Don't want to outsource that. No. Um, local beaver is the best beaver. Oh my God. So, okay! <laughs> <laughs> Moving on! Ow, my stomach. Ow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, the, uh, the whiskey is called Eau de Musk. Oh, why wouldn't it be? <laughs> and that's spelled musk like music without an I. Yeah, I think that's an interesting way to spell it. Uh, it's made with castorum. I guess that's right. I'm guessing how that's pronounced. Castorium? Castorum. Where Where does this come from, though? The scientific name for the stuff that beavers use to mark their territory. Poop. I, I just, for some reason, the, the fact that it's named castorum and it kind of goes hand in hand, like, like the phrasing sounds like castration. <laughs> like, that... Ow. That combination makes me wonder where this actually comes from. Is this like the, a thing like the, the cat poop that's in that coffee, you know? The civic cat? The civic oh. civic thing, yeah. I I don't know. No, I don't think so. But I mean, like it to me, it was like, why else would you do this? <laughs> Unless there's well, something crazy about it. They are calling this their high-end 88-proof bourbon. High-end. High end, expensive, rear end, more like. <laughs> oh. um, so uh, when they are, when they are asked, and I love, I, I want to just do the, the the first quote here from someone having it. Apparently, this was from Facebook, and someone said, "So this is made from beaver parts." 
was that what someone asked and the distiller said, yes, we blend the bourbon with castorum, which comes from Bieber castor sex. Doesn't that sound lovely? Uh, <laughs> we add birch oil wild gin- and wild ginger to balance the prominent vanilla notes in the castor. Uh, the result is quite spectacular. It, wait, wait. Let's let's pump the brakes and back it up. The fact that they're adding stuff to it automatically makes it not a bourbon, right? I don't know. Like, does it? I mean, because as, lo- as long as it includes the of, other ingredients, does it still? I mean, maybe it's part of that. 50, maybe it's part of that <laughs> other forty-nine percent. Like there is there is something out there that says that bourbon can't be artificially yeah you can't you can't use any artificial flavored or something I don't it doesn't sound like it's artificial is. though you know uh, <laughs> they say it's aromatic very distinct it's leathery rich slightly fruity in a non traditional sense yep real <laughs> non traditional <laughs> uh, is it with uh, with the whiskey it works quite well it's uh, what one of the the two distillers there said. Uh, it's, yeah, they admit it is, uh, it sounds unappetizing to drink alcohol with beaver se- uh, secretions, but it's not that weird. I don't want uh, anything that came out of a beaver's anus. <laughs> In fact, castorum has found its way into perfumes. And some food products have inc- included castorum in their products. Yes, I love a woman that has that warm beaver musk. Oh, yes, nothing, nothing more alluring than... The woman that smells of beaver. There's a lot of oh, weird. God. Oh, God. <laughs> Good job. Good job. I saw it coming before you even got it out of your mouth. I was like, <laughs> that's I don't know where what this is she going. said. Okay, we let's just keep pushing through. Um, so, castorum is uh, supposedly safe. It's not going to <laughs> not be harmful to humans to consume. They said, due to the beaver's typical diet of leaves and bark, castorum doesn't stink, quote-unquote, uh, as other similar animal secretions do, but rather has a musky vanilla scent described uh, at the perfume site uh, Frangenetica? Frangelico? As a sharp, spreading, tar-like note oh. that reminds one of the odor of birch tar or Russian leather. Wait. Russian leather has a different smell to it than, uh, yeah, in in Soviet leather. <laughs> in Soviet <laughs> Russia, we make leather from you. But I was going to say because it's people. <laughs> um, that's that's not true. Please don't kill me, Putin. Uh, but yeah, uh, apparently it doesn't put off a the the. It's not supposed to be a a smell. It puts off, but it's supposed to be a very vanilla y thing that that this has i don't know they want they put this in in there so they can get their name out there that's what this is yeah and it worked yeah we're talking about it they're getting attention talking Good about job. it and I, I am making a point that if i ever see this i am going to run away i know i don't want it uh i will say that oh hold on hold on there's a part here that i saw i because i saw that it was like oh it, it's uh 65 a pop uh According to Drink Business, the two-year bourbon is also flavored with raspberry, Canadian snake root, fir needles, birch bark, and maple syrup. Two years? This is not a bourbon. No. So it, they couldn't label it. I think the, the law, and I was looking at it, uh, it, they can't label it as a straight bourbon, but they have to label it as 
the age statement on the bottle. So they have to say it's a two-year-old bourbon. And then everything else that I saw, though, the federal guidelines don't necessarily say that you can't. It's just going to be a real crappy, air quotes, bourbon. Uh, Yeah. Well, they also, they want to ensure you that all beavers were not killed in the name of whiskey. Were they milked? Uh, We work with Anton, uh, a beaver trapper. uh, (laughs) Obviously. Who is called by New Hampshire State uh, to remove a specific amount of beavers in order to restore balance. (laughs) (laughs) So that sounds like they were killed. (laughs) That may be my new favorite sentence. (laughs) Uh, Okay, well, you found the story for the year. Uh, Canadian snake root, let me say this also. Canadian snake root is Canadian wild ginger. Oh, so. okay. All right. It's a weird ass name. Got it. <laughs> Anton uses every part of the animal like any good trapper. Mm. So yeah, they're dying, but he's not killing. They're they're not killing them solely <laughs> for for this. So it's they, hides too. They do There's, die. It's hides. They're making meat so you can get some beaver meat that came out wrong. Uh, <laughs> and then some of those sacks are reused as bait. That sentence didn't get better. <laughs> no, and the fact that they're using beavers as bait for other beavers. I think, well, maybe they're using it as for other beavers. I assume, well, I hear bait and I think fishing. Mm. Yeah. Like, maybe they're, I don't know. Fish are some weird stuff. <laughs> you know what's some weird stuff? Chris, tell us about some You know what's some weird stuff? stuff? Florida. Florida. <laughs> Florida is full of weird stuff and people. So, uh, Florida man, uh, authorities say a 48-year-old Florida man raised a can of beer and chugged it after a sheriff's deputy stopped him on suspicion of drunk driving. I wonder what could have tipped him off. (laughs) Well, if he wasn't drunk before. (laughs) Daryl Royal Rydell told uh, Monroe County Sheriff's investigators he was scared when he fled in his pickup truck as Deputy (laughs) Anthony Lopez, we're giving full names here, stepped out of his patrol car Thursday. Rydell drove for a short distance before stopping. I like to imagine this was like a really slow, like he he's like all panicked and he's going like 20 on the interstate or something. I like uh, to imagine he pulls over and it's essentially the scene from Super Troopers where they just speed on by, <laughs> oh. speed back, like spin out. You're just like, the, the, so if you do not watch the Twitch version of this, you have to because the way Brittany was putting up this man's face in the main top corner. Sorry, I, I mean sh- it had that real news show look to it. <laughs> the real zoomed in. I didn't, notice, I didn't notice. I was too busy face palming from the description. I was trying to get it perf- like where the, the headlines actually in there. Plus, like yeah, his face is just look. He looks like oh no, man. with the face added in there, it looked like we were a real news. Oh. Like, <laughs> network at, at some level. All right, so Rydell has three prior DUI convictions between 2003 and 2010, and a fourth is now pending. Imagine uh, that. The report says Rydell got out of his truck, a uh, beer can in his hand, and chugged it. Rydell faces uh, numerous charges, including felony DUI, fleeing from a deputy, driving with a suspended license, and failure to submit to a breath test. He's in jail without bond. Well, good. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. Well, that that's funny. Uh, don't don't drink and drive. Don't do uh, that. Don't. No. 
But, you know, it's like, I will say this. There's a certain amount of defiance. We pulled you over for drunk driving. Oh, did you now? <laughs> yeah. I'll show you. At that point, you would assume he knew he was going to jail. Yeah. So or why not enjoy the trip? Yeah. He's he going to tie one on. Like, he had probably one more can left, and he had to... Had to empty it out before, like they they took him away. That's yeah. what he was doing during the chase. He was trying to finish the twelve pack. That was oh no. He had that uh, natty light. No, he had the seven pack from uh, the seven <laughs> pack from Duff, where they give you that oh. extra one for the road. <laughs> <laughs> we so that's such a good look. God, that show was good. Watch the episode later, uh, or or the other show <laughs> oh, that we I do just, for. I just uh, meant, uh, I just meant The Simpsons. Oh yeah, but yeah. yeah. Like, but yeah, watch that show. And then in addition, we need to do a show on weird laws sometime soon. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll we definitely do, do that. Because there are some states you can drink and drive as long as you're not over the limit. Mm-hmm. I know, right? Chris, did it say that he was shotgunning the beer, or was he? <laughs> no, no. It just said he chugged it. Can you imagine, oh. like, because I just think it'd be funny. Pocket knife like, in the, the can. Like, the cops like, so we're gonna have to. Hold on. No, I can see if he went to pull out the pocket knife to they would have uh, shot, him. shot. Yeah, it would have been. This would be a completely different story. Yeah. Then they would have just sprinkled some crack on him. And... There he is. Arrest him. Hello, All right. Pat. Well, uh, what's uh, besides crack? What's something you could uh, infuse your beer with? <laughs> besides crack. Oh, it's me. Uh, <laughs> oh, sorry, I was looking at the the next story down. Um, yeah, there is a new brewery in Hong Kong that's doing some interesting uh, interesting stuff founded by Henry Kissinger? No. No, I don't think Henry Kissinger is allowed McKenna? in that. I don't think Henry Kissinger is allowed in that part of the world anymore. <laughs> uh, no, uh, uh, founded by, uh, well, one of the founders, uh, who, uh, Henry, uh, I think, Wu Hang Fu. Yeah. I really apologize if I made that if I got that wrong. I think you're right. Um, that looks right. He has opened up uh, Thai Wai Beer, uh, which is a very small brewery in Hong Kong, where they are infusing tea into their into their beers because it's where the tea comes from. Apparently, after turning thirty, he decided, "I'm going to open up a brewery." Sure. Uh, as one does it, it happens <laughs> uh, but he had 10 years experience in the beverage management business uh, and was was familiar with the landscape but wondered why Hong Kong did not have more craft beer so him and his wife started up this brewery uh, essentially after him bas- uh, he has a quote here saying uh, he first ran into, uh, first got into the food and beverage industry he, really tri- he tried a really good Belgian beer uh, Duvel, and since mm-hmm. then his question is stuck in the back of my mind: How come no one in Hong Kong is making beer? Ooh. Uh, back then, the only beer produced locally that people knew about was San Miguel. Hmm. Uh, so he started making out uh, uh, pilsners, which bold choice going with a lager for your first. Imagine that. Well, actually, it really. Kind of, let me just say, it is a bold choice because pilsners are some of the hardest to make. So that one's that one's kind of. It sells great, but on the other end, it's hard to make. Uh, his goal has been to make beer for non-beer drinkers to try to get hmm. get some in. With the tea aspect, I can totally see you adding some other flavors in there mm-hmm. that that bring the folks in. Uh, sounds good. He has a statement. He does have a statement here that I do like. It's uh, uh, 
they brew uh, they they put their heart and soul to every unique brew. Uh, it's a work of art, and I really admire that. There isn't ever a bad beer. Uh, it's just down to whether or not the beer suits your taste. Hmm. Uh, so after they they launched their thing, him and his wife, uh, the only two people making the beer, by the way, wow, uh, started uh, infusing tea leaves sourced from Britain. Uh, That's weird. So the, uh, they have a few of them listed here. The number one, a chamomile pilsner. And huh. he says that's the most difficult to make. <laughs> that would be tasty, though. That sounds awesome. I want... A pilsner would be light enough for the chamomile flavors yeah. to actually come through. Yeah. Uh, I like these ideas. I'm going to some homebrew <laughs> like this. Yeah, yeah. give Casey some ideas. I mean, we've had some tea beers before. Like They've all been pretty good. Mm-hmm. Number two, uh, the Earl Grey Amber Ale. Oh, like a number, berg- bergamot amber. Mm. Number three, lemon ver- uh, verba- verbena? verbana. 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 Uh, lemon verbana saison. That makes sense. Uh, they're number four, black currant and hibiscus pale ale. Yum. So real all quick, of these sound wonderful. Uh, question <laughs> from the chat: uh, Isn't beer just tea, anyways? Kind of. Yeah, that's why I texted back or put back in the chat there. Yeah, I mean, like, even on the West Coast currently, they're going through this hop tea phase where they're making the beer as bland as possible and then putting hops in at the very last moment to make it just very hop forward. Hmm. Uh, they also have uh, number five. Ru- I don't know what that is. Ruibos. Ruibos. I- it is a bark. Um, I don't know if it's strictly from Africa, but most of the ones that I've seen have been at, have had African ties and it is caffeine free. Technically not a tea. I figured it was the, on the thing of like sleepy time. Yeah. yeah very <laughs> similar. Um, a lot of time you see it with hibiscus mm-hmm. and it's got a very tart flavor to it. Uh, they do say that number one, two and five are the most popular. They say that Hong Kong ladies love the number two because of the Earl Grey. <laughs> they love the number two. <laughs> <laughs> and just All right, back yeah. out after, but yeah, uh, they they mentioned in this that the the year they opened this up was a, a wild year. Not only did the man turn thirty, not only did he marry his the co-founder, his wife, in that same year. In that same year, wow. Uh, they also became parents. Wow. <laughs> she was nine year. months pregnant in this, as they mentioned, but they didn't have enough people, so she was on the bottling line labeling. Oh my goodness! At least she's not sampling true yeah. yeah quality control and pregnancy do not go well together no. i wonder if you can get fmla for nine months if you're in that job at a brewery hmm. Hmm. uh but yeah they've had some some success out of this and uh a lot of this sounds really neat like i'd like to try some of this oh yeah i'm not a huge tea drinker but you know i'm not against it necessarily it's just I don't. I don't like my beverages hot. Usually, right. Using right. Them to cool down. Well, you, yeah, that all the more reason to try the tea beers. I have some tea beers or iced tea. True, but mm. outside of the United States, yeah, <laughs> outside of the southeast. Yeah, as you say, you're you're <laughs> well, venturing too far there. Within the borders of this country, they screw that up. Uh, but uh, I got no segue, guys. Um, 
speaking of uh, speaking of women uh, um, working in let, let's the hear about industry. How the, let's hear about how the women speaking in, of women working in the industry. Good, good job, call, Brittany. Good call. I was gonna say how do the women in New York City like it? Oh, wait, what is that? Even the mean? other ones do they like the number two? <laughs> oh, see, now you're just trying to make things bad. Um, <laughs> what? It happens naturally. Yeah. Uh, so New York City, New York City uh, celebration of beer um, for women in the industry. That's a weird worded title there. Uh, so the, I love the name of this group so much. Beers without beards week uh, wants to show appreciation for. I'm all- offended. <laughs> Hashtag triggered. <laughs> I'm sure all the women are offended too. Um, to show appreciation for all the work these women are doing, as well as to point out that, yes, women can drink and love beer, too. Billed as, quote, the world's largest celebration of women in the beer industry, the event, which is presented by Hop Culture Magazine, will take place in venues around New York City from August 7th to August 12th, featuring panels, tap takeovers, and beer dinners, all culminating in festival um, featuring 20-plus of the best female-run breweries in the country. The signature festival ending the six-day celebration will take place on Saturday at The Well in Brooklyn, with general admission tickets for, to the four-hour event starting at $50. Already, so, huh? I would say, so not to sound sexist at all, I didn't know there were 15 female-led... I know, right? Or- uh, so that's another the Pink Boot Society and females in brewing is another episode we can do for the other show because I think yeah there is so much that is because you've got uh, uh, oh, uh, Fat Tire at Big End yeah. um, and then it goes down to Bell's no longer uh, right well, yeah. yeah yeah she went back um, to uh, doing normal life things instead of beer but right. uh, but yeah there's a lot of of uh, mo- uh, there's a big movement in putting more women into the beer industry. Um, yeah. Uh, well, and we, we, cause we talked about um, the, what's it called? Not the homebrew association, the, the pink boots society. Well, okay. Yeah. But they have the, the beer ambassador now for the brewers association. Yeah. Inclusive. Yeah. I can't remember her uh, name. Inclusion. That, yeah. That's a good point. I forgot about that. Um, so it says already 24 breweries have committed um, for the event. Uh, beers Without Beards also promises to go beyond just serving beers. Quote, we think it's uh, especially important that the women brewer or owner behind the beer is on hand to pour beer, answer questions, and start conversations. Um, we have worked out hardest, or we worked hardest to make uh, sure that the female brewer or founder will be present. Which I mean, that makes total sense. Yeah, good job. You always want the the people that are really involved with the beer mm-hmm. to be involved with the marketing aspects as well. That's that's one of the big reasons that big beer and uh, craft beer have this disconnect. Is you can actually go and talk to the brewer at craft beer usually, and sure. with big beer, um, one of those seventy different brewers that brewed your single batch, you know. Yeah. You know, this this is really putting a hole in my joke, though, that to be a female brewer, you have to put on a false beard to go into the <laughs> into the brewery for sanitary purposes. Right. right. Well, them I mean, not that's being where they get all the yeast. Right. Yeah. Them being disconnected from the marketing. Uh, I think that happens a lot, even on the female side of craft, because uh, locally, a lot of breweries will do, will do things. And they'll be like, oh, we collaborated with, you know, X and X, like so many different breweries that are completely women 
and they never show up for anything. They never market it themselves. It's just this yeah. brewery led by husky bearded men are the <laughs> ones marketing. Here, here's our women. We our beers that we did with women, and they're nowhere to be seen. Take our word for it. <laughs> they they were involved. <laughs> well, and then here's this other side. Uh, the uh, where do you think that the gap in women in beer comes from is it because beer beer itself is not sexist one way or the other it has to be from the industry or it has to be from from something there where does that come from is it just ingrained because beer from the 1940s and 50s in television was a man's drink in those in those sitcoms and those those events that that you saw it was a man's thing, and so that's just carried over over time? Or well, where does that come from? Or the fact that women weren't allowed to brew in the 15th and 16th centuries when well, we were you know, making Reinheitsgebots. boots? I, well, the- yeah, I think that's part of it, but you also got to think of like all the... There's always been that, that um, connotation, or uh, not the right word, but that, that uh, image that beer is not a drink for women in that, like... Women drink wine, men drink beer. Um, all the all the Budweiser commercials from for forever have been geared toward men, um, right. which has been the biggest beer brand. Well, and, and you know, I have a uh, it's not really a theory or anything like that, but I just believe that Budweiser would send their beer to as many people as they could get it to. Um, and, and so if women were a big market for them, they would definitely come in and, and make that big market theirs. So I don't think they have any problem with, hey, we don't want to market to women. It's just that for them, they don't see women as a big market yet. I Sorry, I'm just picturing them trying to make like Virginia Slim versions of beer. Well, they, and I'm just like, the, mm, man, that's just Patrick. Well, MGD 64 and, yeah. and Bud Select 55, those are definitely – the light beers that are super light. Just again, I, all I'm thinking of is a picture of a beer with a, like a bunch of women drinking and I'm going, you've come a long way, baby. And I'm like, Oh God. So, but notice <laughs> like those are all, those commercials are still geared toward men. Yeah. It, uh, it, the entire marketing industry for beer is usually tied to that. And and so you've seen not only on the beer side, but also on the, cause we're an all drink show, um, the bourbon side, you've seen bourbon yeah. specifically yeah. tied toward men. And so you've got new brewers coming out that are female, but also new distillers that are coming out owners of distilleries that are female. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the, the folks that I work with locally, you know, it's anecdotal evidence, but it's still at the same time, one of the restaurants that I work with locally, the beer buyer is female. She runs the entire beer program. And I think that's really important to have the the, the sex that is actually better at tasting nuances uh, to, in that sort of position, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, echo. echo. Hmm. All right. Uh, well, let's move on from the battle happening in New York to the battle happening let's in go, florida again let's go back back to florida both of my back stories are florida. florida i just realized this <laughs> i mean oh bless your heart all right the national battle between big beer and local craft breweries is playing out on the shelves of your neighborhood publics in florida that is uh <laughs> it's a Publix. yeah florida brewmakers are losing 
The guild that represents Florida breweries says at least 12 small breweries have had their merchandise reduced or completely taken off the shelves in some public stores across the state. Uh, what's in its place? Craft brews from across the country, several of which are owned by one of beer's biggest players, Anheuser-Busch InBev. Hmm. They're blatantly removing Florida craft ones and replacing them with beers purchased by these big guys, said Joshua Abuchan? Some uh, that. Joshua. We'll say Joshua. An attorney for the lobbyist with the Florida Brewers Guild. Staples like Cigar City, Tampa Bay Brewing, and Coppertail are among the remaining beers in area stores, while breweries such as Gainesville's uh, Swamphead and Brandonton's Motorworks have had their stocks cut completely according uh, to display maps. Publix- you know, Chris, I- I've, I've never had Swamp Head, but I've had Swamp Butt before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've had it a lot. Uh, Publix, <laughs> the dominant Florida-based grocery chain, uh, overall shrank its craft beer section in half to just eight feet, freeing up more space. That Keep in mind, this isn't all beer. They weren't like, oh, well, we got to put this on the else. They were just removing eight feet of craft to add eight more feet for domestic beers such as Budweiser, Bud Light, and imports, imports such as Corona. Uh, <laughs> when asked about its uh, product shift, Public said in a statement that it monitors sales and customer demands could have changed, prompting a switch-up. When brands are added and removed, it can vary store-to-store. The Brewers Association, which reps small brewers across the country, said its members started complaining uh, during spring shelving resets. Small brewers told the group its craft products were being pulled from grocery chains and replaced by the once-independent craft brands that massive beer companies have bought out. And this story is a lengthy one, but it goes on talking about the uh, placement maps where uh, Anheuser-Busch being labeled uh, the captain, basically, of the Mm. shelf, they get to dictate, or they get to basically make a map, since they're the biggest player, that says, oh yeah, uh, you should uh, place the beers like this, this is going to be the best way to, you know, sort things out. And they're the ones who keep going, yeah, you need to cut about eight feet of that craft off. <laughs> and they're like, this is just a recommendation, despite the fact you don't have anyone, you know, in the industry to help you do this yourself. We do it for you. And then the corner of this logo that every store gets, it has Budweiser. <laughs> yeah. So they are yeah, making, that's... they're literally making the map for how these shelves are to be set up. And now they're like, ah, I lose half of that craft stuff. Nobody wants that. What they want is eight more feet of Bud Light. That's what you need. That's one of the things that really gets me because uh, they're, uh, you know, your brewery, sorry, your federal government TTB regulations and your regulations for state are super regulated whenever it comes to all these little tiny nuances. But whenever it comes to, oh, yeah, this this one brewery that kind of, uh, you know, you can't buy a tap handle. You can't give money to a uh, bar the, in, that will sell your beer in order for them to have your beer on tap. But you know what you can do? You can go in there, and if you're selling the most beer, you can go in and be the one that actually sets what the rest of the beer in that that service station or that um, supermarket sets what actually can be sold on their shelves. I feel like it's 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 like not necessarily like they they can get around with saying. We're not saying you have to put it out exactly in this map. However, 
we need to be in exactly as this map lays us out. You can decide whatever you want to do with the rest. Well, that's yeah, that's, I think that's exactly what's happening because what they'll do is they'll say, yeah, for us, we really need 23, 24 feet of space to show all of our products off. Well, uh, I know you've only got 30 feet there, so that leaves six more feet for craft beer. You, you can put them there. I know, you, I know you only have 25 feet, but we need 24 feet for <laughs> yeah. our displays. You're not wrong, I don't think. Um, whenever you, you go into large supermarkets, you can see it with, um, the big ones are beer, of course. Um, soda is big on that list. It's probably the biggest actually on that list. Um, and then Pepsi with, and Coke are, are the two big ones there, but also on the other side of Pepsi is Lay's. So potato chips are the other big side whenever you're looking at a, uh, supermarket. So their space on the shelf is basically bought by the company and whenever you come in it's their merchandisers their employees that are putting their stuff on the shelf i have a question what is a Publix? oh i love Publix. so you've said before that before this well, gross, tell me what it is train. it's a supermarket and they are huge um in in the southeast uh, I, I i didn't realize they were mostly in florida but like they're one of my favorite places because they they tend to do more of like the the takeout sushi type stuff ah. in there. And I mean, it's a large supermarket with some high end products in there, but at the same time, they've, they've kind of got those little niche things in Florida. At least they are where we are usually in Florida. They usually have like really fresh fish and, and things like of, of that nature. But, um, this kind of turns me a little bit off on that side. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, I may go more to the Cumberland Farms, <laughs> which are another southern uh, See, all, all chain. Seen, yeah, because I was like, I don't, is this like a gas station chain? Is mm. it a grocery store? They are Brian Dunaway talk they're, about they're a competitor it. to Walmart, basically, on that okay. end. Yeah. yeah. So the article goes on uh, saying... Yep. Food Talking. lion. I don't know how much more specific I can get to our region. Yeah. <laughs> Kentucky, Virginia, Tennessee, food cities. Hmm. Yeah. All right, so the article goes on saying that uh, from the Brewers Association, it's like, hey, we've been, uh, we've just come out with this nifty little seal that is meant to help try and identify actual craft brands from the ones that have been bought up by brands such as Anheuser-Busch to help alleviate some of this. But in the end, I don't think that matters when AB owns the shelves. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the biggest issue is the fact that if you've got these guys that are making the plan um what are, what are they called they're called planos or planograms i think is is the actual name of the Planters layout nuts. and and so basically they'll make up this planogram and buy out all the space and for me that seems like it's anti-competition and potentially monopolistic <laughs> yeah. just waiting for them to get to the point where they're like we're also going to need all of your milk space too. Uh, you're probably, probably on its not way. Far off. <laughs> you can't have milk either. We can only have beer. So, Beerios for all. <laughs> this uh, this very problem is talked about at length in uh, what has it? How beer saved the world, or what's the documentary? Uh -huh. yeah, uh, I think you're right. Oh, beer yeah. wars. Beer wars. That's uh, it. Beer wars. Uh, they spend a lot of time talking about this very issue, and that documentary's over a decade old now. Yeah. So this problem is just getting oh. worse. But the old Yeah, that was when they <laughs> were actually putting caffeine in in alcoholic yeah. beverages. Yeah. It's yeah, like that, saying, that's yeah, yeah, remember that documentary that talked about how dangerous it is out and like how people are getting shot in the streets just because of the color of the Oh. <laughs> or that that environmental documentary about how the world is going we're yeah. all going to die. Yeah. 
Exactly. Yeah. You know, all although right. this one was specifically by Alcor. Well, in closing, yeah. we, we hope <laughs> None what like is, it hot. We hope what is happening in Florida isn't going to happen here. Uh, fingers crossed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think it goes with your your industry uh, by pool. So what the market wants is what these supermarket chains are really going to go towards. If they can make more money selling craft beer, they'll make more money selling craft beer. If not, they'll go to these other companies that are coming in and giving them money in order to get more space on the shelf. But you know what doesn't need any more space on the shelf? <laughs> Rosé stuff. Rosé wine. (laughs) So in April of this year, 2018, for those of you who listen to the back catalog, Welch has released a non-alcoholic rosé. Sorry, I didn't know it was going to be Welch's. (laughs) Yeah, the grape juice company, of course, right? Of course. Yeah, they're they're the the baby version of alcohol. They're the unfinished wine company. (laughs) Uh, so uh, there are rosé versions of everything out there: rosé vodka, rosé tequila, gin, cider. Cider seems to be the big one. No, yeah. hold on. There is rosé vodka, tequila, and gin. Yes. You know what, guys? I don't want to live in this world now. <laughs> yep. Hangar I, One came out with a vodka, and then uh, Codijo came out with a or Codigo. I don't know. Came out with a rosé tequila. And then on the other side, you've got Buss's number 509 gin, which is flavored with grapefruit. I'm okay, a little bit more okay with that one than the other two, because grapefruit peels could be something that you would put into a gin. Anything that make you not taste gin. All of them make sense to me, except for the tequila. That sounds weird. (laughs) So if you are into the rosé all day trend that is apparently a hashtag now go sure. figure right Why <laughs> hashtag <not>? alcoholism <laughs> uh so if it has gotten a little bit too far in your mind it has in mind but according to delish an israeli startup uh called wine water limited is about to release a rosé toned water yes as the company <laughs> name suggests it will soon come out with a spring water infused with the spirit of wine the product is called Ovine. Oh, no, God. no, I'm pretty sure. Even as someone who doesn't like wine, this is not the spirit <laughs> of wine. According to a press release, Ovine is made by imbuing regular water with extracts from the skin and seeds of grapes after they used to make wine. They have literally found a use for the byproduct. <laughs> that is all they've done. They've pressed this out and then been like, you know, we could make more money off of this. <laughs> Had to use every part of that buffalo. That, well, twice, apparently. Um, Wine Waters CEO Anna Levy tells Refinery29 via email that the idea for the product came when she was working as the CEO of Golan Heights Winery. At that job, she and her team were looking for an innovative way to use grape rind waste. Exactly. See, look. <laughs> Um, (laughs) She explains, we started working with Practical Innovation Israel, and they came up with a specific idea. Together, we developed the product and the production process from scratch. Yeah, the scratch part is that you make wine, (laughs) and then when you throw the other stuff out, you just Just pour water over it. Just throw it in some water and then filter it. (laughs) Ovine is said, I like this phrasing, said to contain antioxidants. But we don't know. We haven't tested this. And other wellness benefits, in quotation marks. Imagine that. But we, what we will likely be uh, looking at is the appealing feature of the wine color. 
Or the watercolor, I guess, at this point. That's just stupid. Yeah. <laughs> said, there is nothing about this that I don't think I hate. Now, not only will they have the rosé color, oh, you God. know, that, that red extract comes from the Cabernet Merlot, Syrah, and Petit Verdot. But they also have a white version. It's good. Okay, I, I can't see what it is. I'm going to put my money on Pinot Grigio. No Pinot Grigio, but mm. Gris, uh, sorry, Riesling and Gewürztraminer. I love mm. the Gewürztraminer. I know you name. do love the I know. Gewürztraminer. I named a character once in a D&D, <laughs> or in a uh, <laughs> wow. WoW game. Um, there isn't actually a rosé variety. Um, the red is a lovely shade of light pink that looks a little bit like rosé, however. So they're kind of it going does not direction. look unlike uh, it does not look unlike a uh, white Zinfandel. I'll say that. That's exactly. Yeah. I think that's exactly what it, it is. It looks like Arbor um, Mist. And the color of the white version looks like Pinot Grigio. So I think you're right on the, the money. I, yeah, I just kind of glanced at it and then turned my head so I didn't read anything. I just went, okay, hold on. I'm making a guess. <laughs> Uh, they say here that the product will likely be most appealing to millennials who are stupid <laughs> since the demographic is especially interested in flavored water. Yes, I believe they are. Um, Coke's gotten into it, so why shouldn't we? Uh, we should have a water of our own. The, the, I have not facepalmed this much in an episode <laughs> in a long time. What would our water flavor be? Regret? Hooch. <laughs> Hooch. Yeah. White Indeed. lightning. Indeed. So, uh, water drinkers looking for a natural, refreshing beverage. This may be your next pickup. Let's I've, hope it doesn't come in very expensive. Can we however. make some? Can we make some white lightning flavored water? I think we just pour it through corn. <laughs> yeah. We make cornbread and then we put corn. Uh, no, put I'm water just saying. Essentially, we we dilute it down to where it's only forty percent alcohol as well, opposed to a hundred. Yeah, go uh. for it. Oh, indeed. So um, that wraps up our normal segments, but we do want to make one quick mention for Goose Island, who has just won their Bourbon County beer lawsuit. I um, have forgotten they had a lawsuit. What was yeah, going on? Yeah, we uh, we may have covered it on this show or on the main show a little bit, but a lengthy lawsuit from back in 2015 um, was basically going back over the bad batch fiasco oh, oh yeah, whenever yeah. they had yeah. the spoiled beers this was the uh, first do, infection that came out we do now know actually what the infection was it was a lactobacillus acetolerance um i hope i said that right harmless but flavor changing bacteria um sour beer styles usually use that that batch but it's, um it's because they're making the, the is it three sisters oh what's this thing Oh, the sour sisters. sour sisters. Sour sisters. Oh, yeah, probably like, so. They're they're just sitting there like right next to each other, going, mm. like they just reach it. They take the like, same glass, reach it in there. Oh, it's a nice sour beer. Let's taste the bourbon county. <laughs> mm. Nothing can go wrong here, right? They were well, a storing, one would hope not. They yeah, it was all being done in one the exact same facility. So the sour beer facility was the exact same facility. They were aging all of the bourbon county. One can yeah. imagine how it got infected, and then one scratches <laughs> her chin and tries to figure out how it hadn't ha- hadn't happened in the decade previous. Yeah. <laughs> well, how long had they been doing the Sour Sisters? Is really the question. Almost here. just as long, if not longer. Really? Yeah. Well, the I think the the Bourbon County came first, but still, um, the, I mean, it's it's been a while uh, since they've they've been doing both. Um, the biggest reason that they they won this lawsuit is the fact that they gave refunds they immediately did. after, and so the the judge basically was saying, "Hey, you can't." Well, no, let me go this way. 
I, I like to quote Hop Notes at Hop Notes on Twitter with his tweet here where he says the steps that they went through on uh, on how this lawsuit came about. Mm-hmm. Beer bros buy a bunch of Bourbon County. The beer is bad. Bros sue. Goose Island sends them a lot of money. Bros want more money. Goose Island wins the lawsuit. I was really hoping there was another way to keep every bit of this to be like alliterative bees. <laughs> I just didn't know how you were going to have like litigation with a bee. <laughs> Yeah, the don't they were suing because for whatever reason the two men were unable to get uh, their refunds, and they were they wanted to sue, and then Goose was just like, "Well, we'll send you since there was some kind of issue, they sent them the maximum amount that was allowed, yeah, which was they for the offered Im- to give them money. They actually offered an eight thousand dollar settlement, Five, but yeah. they said no. Five thousand dollars for one of the men, oh, five thousand, well, five for one of them and three for the other." And then the men had their lawyers send the checks back and said, no, that would not be sufficient enough. And then a judge said, no, that was sufficient enough. Case dismissed. (laughs) I would have been like, oh, all right, then. That was, (laughs) yeah, no. Because if if I got, if I got, you know, an infected bourbon county said, here, I will give you even the low end, $3,000 as as I'm sorry. I would go, yeah, we cool. Yes, please. We (laughs) good. We good. Uh, I'm assuming... Like my lawyer wouldn't be able to like stop me from grabbing the check and running out the door. <laughs> I'm assuming they lost out on that eight grand as well. Oh yeah, they so, sent that back. <laughs> yeah, they sent the checks back, and I'm sure Goose was just like, "All right, rip them bad boys up." Yeah. Yep. Come back with nothing and lawyer's fees. Like, that's stupid. Exactly. I would. So, all right. I would have run well. to the bank with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right then. Uh, well, that does it for the news this week. Uh, we'd like to remind everyone this is our news only show. We also do a weekly long-form show discussing the science and history around what you drink. If you like what you hear and you want to support Have a Drink, please go to patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow. We'll see you next Saturday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. I'm Christopher Walker. And I'm Casey Price. We'll see you next time. Bye, guys. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this broker. <laughs>